0: My name is Bengal Gunjimi. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Elevated Conversations podcast. Previously, these conversations were held amongst myself, colleagues, and clients. But now, I'm letting you in in the hopes of inspiring new perspective and elevating thoughts. Let's get into it. Hello, 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 hello. Welcome to the Elevated Conversations podcast. This is the second season. And I'm so excited and thrilled to kick off this season with a conversation I had at another podcast with a remarkable woman called Niki Alani. And our podcast is called Connected Generation. She is in the world of philanthropy and family business. So it was an amazing opportunity when she reached out to me to be a guest on our podcast. We had a supernatural, phenomenal, paradigm shift in conversation. It was so great. You want to see this. We talked about family business um, and this idea that your family story is your family business. I really want you to enjoy it. And I've intentionally included Nikka's intro and outro because she captures um, our own experience in just in the conversation. And I thought that had a little dimension and spice to it. Enjoy it. Richard, let me know your thoughts. And I'm happy to be back with the second season of the Elevated Conversations podcast. Thank you all.
1: Hello and welcome to The Connected Generation. My name is Nikeya Anani and I'm your host. On The Connected Generation, we explore all things legacy wealth and legacy business. How you can build wealth that would outlive you, build business that would outlive you. And we explore these topics with genuine curiosity and authenticity having guests from all over the world sharing their stories as multi-generational entrepreneurs and expert teachers giving us tips and yeah we have a lot of fun on this podcast and this week my goodness Benga Ogujimi shared so powerfully so I was so moved I felt like (laughs) I told him during after the recording like I felt like I had a pastor slash coach slash mindset shift All-in-one in in this week's episode, Winga is a social entrepreneur, an impact investor, an identity strategist, and he believes in the power of telling your story and defining your identity. So I won't spoil it. Tune in, grab your favorite drink if you can, (laughs) and enjoy. Thank you. Hello, Winga. Welcome to The Connected Generation. It's awesome to have you today.
0: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
1: So tell us more about yourself and how you got to where you are today. I know you're super passionate about the role of storytelling, um, but tell us from your perspective, who is Blinga?
0: Absolutely. Um, I am a business story coach. The name of my business is Go Global. We're a media company. We're based here in Washington, D.C. We specialize in the business of storytelling. The way I got into the world of storytelling happened with a chance encounter several years ago in Nigeria. Mm. I just graduated and I was seeking a career path. And I had two options. Uh typically you can either go help the world with nonprofit, or you can either go make money and go into mm. for-profit world. Mm. So in that state of conundrum, I found a mentor and in our very first coaching conversation, um, she said, Benga. If you wanna help people and if you wanna make money, you are a social entrepreneur. I never heard the word social entrepreneur prior to that conversation. Six months after the corporation of Microsoft had a program called um, global, Entre- global Social Entrepreneurship Competition. It was a global business plan. They were looking for 100 people. I participated, I won, um, and it's a big deal. my competition was social entrepreneurs around the world. And I just learned the idea of my life's purpose six months prior.
1: Mm. I think
0: that happened because I have the remarkable opportunity of this individual coming to my life, challenged the world I described myself with, gave me a new language and articulation, and the ability to articulate my brand story, my professional identity, change everything else for me. Uh, six months mm. after that, I came to America. I started a bunch of social enterprises and eventually made a pivot into the world of storytelling because I realized the same problems applies to businesses and individuals. We struggle to tell a story that capture the core essence of who we are oftentimes we require that external person come listen to our language challenge our language gives us mm. new language and once we found that language i realized everything changed from there so that's my story and that's how i came into the world of business storytelling
1: wow there's so much in there already i feel like there's two things that sticking out to me there's um firstly being aware of the possibilities and the stories that could be there it was like you had an awakening where you you saw that this world of profit and purpose could actually coexist and that's when the world of social entrepreneurship became i guess available to you mentally to pursue and secondly the opportunity to refine one's story the story one tells oneself as well as the story one projects outward does that resonate with you
0: Absolutely, absolutely, you know, oftentimes we leave what I call a reflected identity. Uh, mm. Some think of a certain way and we go about and say, oh, they think I'm this way, we go ahead and we describe or introduce ourselves that way. Very seldom do we try to investigate where did that come from and is this mm. who I am? And I think leaders and people, there are two people set of people in the world, people who have come to that consciousness and really investigate and query and question, am I this identity I'm projecting to the world? Or am I projecting an avatar? An avatar is a digital representation of social media that is not really us, but it has some kind of similarity to who we are, but it's cool, people love it, but it's not really who you are. So I think if you make that determination, And come to that point, you show up powerful, you show up with presence, and you show up with authority. And that's the magic of storytelling.
1: Wow. The reflected identity and a consciousness of that. Can you speak more to that? So for someone that hasn't woken up, so to speak, right, and is a business owner, and is like, okay, I've never actually ever thought about this. What are the practical steps? They can take to discover this reflected identity and ensure that they show up, like you said, powerfully, authentically um, through storytelling.
0: You know, absolutely. You know, reflected identity is because is an opinion of someone, of an institution, of an industry, of a community, of who they think we are, hmm. we are, and how we should show up. So they have set up this persona and this profile for us to fit in and hmm. very seldom do we investigate and query that and ask ourselves is this who I am am I projecting an avatar or am I becoming or trying to become someone opinion of myself whatever industry you choose to do business and i want to speak to entrepreneurs Entrepreneurs, by default, we take on the identity of what we do. I do mm-hmm. storytelling. People say, "Is the story guy?" Um, you know, you are, you are the uh, oh, family, yeah. business, family business. Family business. You, know, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, wealth woman. You know, so because we do something by default, it becomes an identity for us, and we are not what we do. What we do is only an expression of who we are. So even as entrepreneurs, particularly as entrepreneurs, I think we really have to say, wait a minute. I understand what I do, but is that who I am? And who you are is your core values. Who Mm. you are is your life's purpose. Who you are is your essence of being. Who you are is your assignment in the world. You know, who you are is the reason you were created, the difference you are meant here to make. Your business is a vehicle for doing that. Your consulting practice is a vehicle for doing that. But we've not just sat down to investigate and say, who am I at a really core value? And that is when we hone our identity and we break away from this reflected identity and projecting an avatar of who we are not. Hmm.
1: Powerful, who you are is different from what you do. And I often say, that we're human beings, we're not human doings, and we have to reflect who we are, not just take on the identity from our activity because it's very dangerous when your identity is wrapped up in what you do because what you do can change. And then when you have to evolve through life stages, business stages, and adapt, then it's I've lost myself and you have to go through a grief process of who am I, who was I, that person's gone and I have to move on to a new stage. I remember our last conversation and you told a powerful story, Um, just thinking through this concept of reflected identity and us as Africans, immigrants, and what have you. You told a powerful story about how you decided not to take on the label of immigrant, but you took on international entrepreneur. Can you tell us that story?
0: i love to. Uh, Thank you so much for asking me the opportunity to do that again. You know, I do coaching. And in my coaching community one time, I asked a question. It was a very diverse group of people from multiple countries. And I asked them to tell me um, about their country. And every single person led with a negative stereotype of their country. Hmm. Um, Assuming or presuming that already have that version of what their country is. And they're making a deliberate attempt to change that perception and given so much information, I'm not even accent. And I told him, but I don't really know this about your country. And every time you open your mouth to talk about your country is an opportunity to reinforce um, your international identity. is mm. an opportunity to be an ambassador for your country and project your country in the best possible light. So this idea of international identity, I do, Myself have a story about this. Um, it happened to me in the city of Atlanta. I was coming back into the country, and typically if you go through coming to the country, there are different pathways to come into the country, um, so citizens, permanent residents, and there's this elite category called those who carry this passport, diplomatic passport, and they look down on everyone and if they're more important than, than everyone else. Um, so it was my turn. At that time, I was a visitor into the country. And you know, it was my turn to show up and define my identity. And the immigration officer asked me my mission, coming to the United States. You know what, I'm Nigerian, I'm a visitor, I'm here for business, but well, you don't go ahead to say that. There's mm-hmm. what you say, you know, we have this, let my people go language. I'm <laughs> going to say, my cousin. I'm coming for a conference. Let <laughs> my people
1: go language. I love it. I'm watching and it though.
0: You just told me exactly what they need to hear because they have to <laughs> check a checklist. So, you know, so, but I decided to break the script.
1: Hmm. I
0: decided to tell them the identity that best resonates. So I told them I was coming back to the country to continue to do business. This business had incorporated. And they said, whoa, 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 you are not authorized to come to the country to do business, you're a visitor. I'm gonna deny your entry into the United States. And you know what? I said, can I speak to someone else? Um, The way I say it is, you know, I've been in America for a few months prior I know what it means to ask to speak to a manager. So I said, can I speak to, I didn't, I didn't say your manager, but I said, can I speak to someone else? And he said, sure you can. And I was escorted to the waiting room and in the waiting room, you know, all kinds of people. And one by one, they were calling people out, and interview them again. If your reason does not check out, you put into the next flight, you will not come into the United States. You will not see the land of opportunity. Um, I saw people that with their green card was completely torn apart. I wow. saw people were coming to the country for several years. They're not going to go back to the country. And one by one, I see these people completely dash of hopes and aspiration and pursuit. And it was my turn and I showed up and it gave me a second opportunity to either affirm or change what I stated. And mm-hmm. I, decided to say, you know what, that is the identity that best resonates. I see myself as an international entrepreneur. I'm coming to this environment to create businesses and create business opportunities. I have staff on payroll. I have programs across the country and internationally. I'm going back to run my business. I'm going to let you make the decision. So they will send me back to the holding room or waiting room. And a few hours later, you know, through the speaker phones, you know, I heard my name on the speakerphones. You know, my wife is African American. She still cannot say the GB sound. Um, <laughs> my is my newborn son to be able to say the GB sound. But for the first time in the United States of America, I heard the GB sound spoken with an American accent, and it was legit. It was legit. <laughs> Ogunjini, I knew that was a moment of decision. <laughs> I, you know, I knew that was that moment. So I showed up and the gentleman okay. said, you know what? Benga, we've investigated. We can see everything who says checks out. However, we are issuing you an advisory today to change your status from visitor to a permanent permanent resident. And this is how you go about to do so. So on Monday morning, we wanted to contact USCIS, and they gave me the ways in which I should do it. And the application was fast track for this category called Extraordinary Ability in Business. And there's a- Wow. Reserve, yes, there's a reserve category for those who are like Nobel Prize Prize, investors with millions of dollars, those who have wow. this innovation to bring to the country. And that is the track I I've been fast track on, you know, for my residency in the United States. I came into the country and everything changed from there. As a result, I wrote a book about the experience. It's called Borderless Voice, the power of telling your story and define your identity. And it's the idea that you have the opportunity to claim your identity. When you go to the new country, when you go to an industry, when you go to a community, when you go into a relationship, it's not up to that those entities to define who you are. No matter how powerful they are, it is your responsibility to stand flat-footed and define your own identity. And some people will say, "I don't think, I don't, I don't think." Um, uh, what do you think you are? Leave mm-hmm. them to do the thinking. You just mm-hmm. show up and tell them who you are. And that is my story. That is my coming to America story.
1: Chai, chai, chai. Bingo! Wow. Wow, I was taking notes because. Okay. I, no, I got my phone. I was taking notes. So if you see me on the side like this, I'm taking notes because okay. I have many, many so powerful. Firstly, um, you made a decision at that point when the immigration officer asked you again, okay, why are you here? You could easily say, I'm visiting my cousin, like you said, let my people go language but you made a decision to choose a path that wasn't of least resistance. And you had several opportunities to go back on that and cower back. What, in that moment, what made you stand your ground and insist I'm an international entrepreneur and I will live with the consequences of me declaring and affirming this? What led you to that place emotionally? Um, because I don't believe that it was in that moment you made that decision. I believe that there would have been a a series of decisions you have been taking that prepared you to that moment. So tell us more about how did you get to that point where you you had so much conviction? You worked with your full chest. I'm an international entrepreneur.
0: Yes, yes, yeah. Two things I can think of. Number one, I'm a Christian. My spirituality is my superpower and it's my paradigm. And there's a story in the Bible that I love, love so much is when the story of the wall of Jericho and when this newly an emerging nation known Mm -hmm. to be as Israel was going off their own Jim Crow and slavery and all of that. And they had this border experience and they had to go in and assert their leadership over Mm -hmm. this country. And it was then the superpower It was then the thought leader nation. But what happened was before they went into it, though, they had decided to see themselves as the leader, as the superpower, as the superior, regardless of what they're working with or what they have or what they do not have. So it became abundantly clear to me that, Benga, you would have opportunities to go into several countries of the world. Don't wait till you get to the border to define who you are. Don't fit into the established pathways that they can say you can only become. You know, isn't it interesting how this language is? They call it immigrant. They call it non-immigrant. They call it permanent residency. So they put this limitation to how far you can dream and how far you can go and how far you can fly. And yeah. people put this as a badge of honor and never reflected identity and never for one time investigated a, hmm, We'll say I can only do this. We'll say I can only do that. You know, so I think that story was something that prepared me for that particular moment. It has became the way I saw the world. So I realized that when I'm going into the world, it is my opportunity to define my identity. And I call it international identity. I'm also one of those people who don't particularly fancy labels like minority, like Mm -hmm. immigrant, in my community, we do not go by those words. And I challenge my people to see themselves as an international entrepreneur, as hmm. an expert, as a repart, you know, all these words that comes from a position of adding value to a community. And I mentioned in my, when I first answered the question, but in my coaching communities, we've been having this conversation like, how do you see yourself? You know, so we've been defining that, but that particular moment, Nikkei, it was not scripted. It was not planned. And, you know, it's so funny what happened was we were in the air, we were on the plane, there was an Emirate airline tra- uh, tra- uh, flight. And, you know, what's the sense of community in the plane, right? And you come down, you know, you touch down and then you literally see the frequency of the room change. So they start to give you these forms to feel and you can literally see the energy in the room start to change. And as you go through those, I don't know what they call it, those tunnels that connect you to whatever you see, people begin to put on this new identity oh. and personality and demeanor. And I was literally seeing this shifting energy levels and for the, you know, the matrix, Right how you can be in it, and, and for the very first time, I was not in the matrix, and I was out of it, and I was literally mm-hmm. seeing all these things happen, and I said, Denga, you have the opportunity to choose who you want to become. I said, you know what? I'm not one of you. I'm different. <laughs> you know, I'm just, I, I, I'm different. So I came, so it was my turn to say, it, It's your turn. I told him man, I said, are you speaking to me? So the first year was like, "As a." You, I, she was like, "Wait, you are not in the the line. This line don't react like this. You bow and you walk closer." I said, "Are, are you speaking to just So she waited for a second, like, mm, "This is strange." This
1: one is different.
0: Yes, this is strange. He said, "Yes." I said, "Okay." thank you. So, so I went, you know, I think it was that moment I just decided to break the script. It was not scripted, but I think it came from years and a lifelong journey of cultivating this healthy perspective of self-identity of who I am and how I saw myself. And I understood that I have the power regardless of the dynamics to always define who I am and, and live with the consequences or opportunities that come
1: with it. So, so, so powerful. I think, um, you know, the word of God says, as a man thinketh, so he is. And it really is a self-fulfilling prophecy that you see yourself as an international entrepreneur. It changes the way you show up in places and spaces and the possibilities that you envisage for yourself. And you go up, you go for them rather than shrinking back, cowering, being grateful for the peanuts. And you said something that truly, truly resonates that as you were landing in, on the flight, the energy shifted and you noticed how people just were cowering back and shrinking back and becoming a version of themselves that they felt that this reflected identity put them in. And honestly, I, I, I don't usually have confidence issues, right? But there's no way I hate more than US immigration. <laughs> there's more where I hate than landing and seeing that immigration officer and I always feel this small. So I've learned something today about the importance, like you said, the borderless voice. Um, once, I leave that, once I leave that place that I've, I've been admitted entry, I'm fine. But I think there's something you said that is so powerful, the distinction between the immigrant and the international entrepreneur or the immigrant and the expatriate, the immigrant or the repatriate, These words come with, they evoke an emotion and they evoke very different emotions, right? Um, One is shrink back, stay in your lane, be grateful for, you know, that you have had this opportunity. Like a scarcity mindset, this, not many people are in this, you are so privileged to be here. Another one is the world's your oyster. You're here to add value. You're here to export knowledge. You're here to, you know, so I think there's something really powerful for our community, particularly in the diaspora. So I want to speak a little bit more about, so we've spoken about the stories we tell ourselves um, and the stories we project the world as whether it's for leaders or for our businesses and the importance of that. I want to touch more about our history and our collective story and you, you say something about your family wealth is your family wealth story. Is that correct?: Your, Tell your, us more
0: about. Fam, your family story is, is your family
1: business.: Your family story is your family business. So first, let's talk, t- talk about for you, um, what, what role uh, has history played in defining Winger's story?: Okay.
0: Um, You know, when you look at the idea of wealth, and wealth is usually made up of two tangibles. Um, One is intangibles, you know, things like your story, your identity, your history, um, your core values, your mentality, your paradigm, your community, your networks, Uh, those are intangibles aspect of your wealth. And the other one is the tangibles, you know, more financial assets, bottom lines, things like that. Um, so, I've always approached wealth building from a place of intangible asset. Mm. So, when I look at my own wealth story, um, I look at my family, I look at my parents. Um, you know, I think a lot of who I am obviously came from them. And it's this idea that our personal story is a continuum of our ancestor story that we are handed to, and mm. we have a role to play and a conduit for the next generation. When I look at my parent, and I'm so thankful, they are the first decision God made over my life to choose what my parent would be. And he chose for me this remarkable man, um, you know, who gave me the name, you know, my first and last name, right? And uh, he is the breadwinner of his family. He is the very first member of his family and his town to go overseas and to school overseas and school abroad. Um, And he came back, um and he joined the, his, my dad's an engineer and he he did a whole lot of work professionally he ran mm-hmm. for public office he was part of the rotary member alliance club member of his community he's a very deep man of faith but he kind of as master professional um and is very very high on philanthropy um mm-hmm. when you look at my mom she is a businesswoman like a typical nigerian african woman she is a businesswoman to the very core. I mean, I saw—I can count a business that I didn't I see associated with my, my with my mom. <laughs> whether it is real estate, whether it is fashion, whether it's agribusiness, I can't think of a business that cannot attribute to this woman. During the civil war in Liberia, she decided to go to a war-torn country. Imagine <laughs> someone going to Ukraine right now to start a business. <laughs> I mean, that's wow. what I- it might get much. I mean people were running out. I don't know wow. how to fit. And she went in and she did a business and she turned a profit to tomorrow she said you know that's still owe me money. I'll get my money back. Huh. <laughs> God. Wow. She's a that you know that type of woman just a different being on her own. But Nika isn't this interesting. I'm it's 2020. I am a social entrepreneur. Isn't that a combination of my mom and dad? Mom
1: and dad.
0: One social, one entrepreneur, isn't that? And years later, I have a meeting with this coach and say, you are a social entrepreneur and you can look back to the four decades of my life and you can see this story already, already forming that I mm. just had to own who I am. So if you look at this idea that, so that is the, before I jump to the question I'm not asked, so that is the role my family story forming my own personal story and also in my own personal brand.
1: Wow. So you spoke about the importance of the intangible. I love how you didn't really speak to, you've had this platform to be an international entrepreneur, a social entrepreneur, making such impacts because of the tangible wealth that you inherited. It was really because of the intangible story and awakening to your identity it was your your identity was formed as a social entrepreneur you just had to show up fully and embrace it to see the fullness of it materialize and i know you've got a young son as you're raising him conscious of your family wealth your, your your wealth family story is your family business how do you envisage inculcating that in him?
0: Oh, I love, love, love these questions. Um, You know, I want to give you an example. I want to give you a flashback. It's a story that we all know, but I want to be deliberate and extrapolate some strategy for every one of us that we can Mm -hmm. learn from it. Um, Mm -hmm. Mr. and Mrs. um, Jay-Z and Beyonce Mm -hmm. each right? They had their very first child, Blue Ivy, I believe it was 2012 or 2014. Nikkei three weeks, three weeks before Blue Ivy was able to say, Dada or Mama or my name is, I like color blue, I like color pink, and this and that. Before the child had the opportunity to weigh in in what they want to become and what they want to show up as, this remarkable couple, filed a trademark with a U.S. patent office trademarking the name Blue Hmm. Ivy Cattle. And they are making a statement that we are taking authority over this child's brand identity, that no one else in the world will be able to monetize and benefit of this child's identity, that the name itself is the greatest wealth. So I give everyone listening the trouble, of finding the the trademark application for the blue iv uh trademark um for trademark so mm-hmm. usually there are 45 category when you find a trademark and each one of them you know usually a typical process is one or two categories um, one or two sentences they have three pages long of wow. products i mean product in three pages of product associated with the name Blue Ivy, the possibility, the industry this child is going to create in the world. Think wow. of a product is in that application. So for me, this speaks to the intentionality and the visionary leadership of a parent, very mm-hmm. intentional about this child's identity and making the child live up mm-hmm. the good book that says your name is more profitable and valuable than financial wealth that your name is powerful than gold and silver isn't that what happened so i'm being very very intentional Hmm. my son even choosing the name um and even in the old process very intentional um so i wrote a book that about to be released in a couple of weeks or so is called Future Leader. Mm. And the story of Future Leader is seven prophetic declarations for shaping your child's identity. You know, I have this leadership identity. I pray over my son, right in the womb over my wife, and I continue to do so. And one day my wife uh, challenged me and she brought a book you know, women love to shop. Um, mothers, particularly, love shopping for their children. <laughs> you know, yep. So she could not wait to start the experience of baby shopping, and she bought this book. Um, the focus on um, cultural black identity, and I thought, hmm, I don't know about the book. And she said, "What kind of book would you write see? I said, "I want the book to focus on the spiritual identity." I think it's a responsibility of every child to make sure that the children have a global, borderless perspective. The world is gonna tell them what the world is, but up onto setting stage, you have the responsibility to steward that and very intentional about how your child sees the world. So she challenged me and that challenge led to the book. She said, what kind of book would you rather see? And I prayed about it and I heard document your prayers. So the documentation became this book called Borderless Voice, full circle. You see that trademark application I talked about, the card is made, Mm -hmm. the spiritual version of it is this book I'm writing. And that book covers everything, the child's life from birthday to death day. So I think Mm -hmm. that level of intentionality is what I'm trying to make popular. I'm trying to give to the world. About what role a parent should take and can take in taking authority and mastery over their children's brand identity.
1: Chai. Good grief. Um. <laughs> I understand fully. Okay. Fully, what you mean when you say your family story is your family business, um, and what you're saying is you are taking authority over the identity and the story for your children so that it's not by circumstance it's not by it's not by happenstance rather it's not by chance you are driving the way he sees himself so he shows up in the world i'm taking notes to have a global borderless perspective wow so future leader tell us more about it how can we get it when is it coming out um tell us more about the book
0: Future leader is already um, a pre-sale for Future Leader. Um, so if you go to the book, if you go to my website, uh, bender.org, and you should go under my books, you will see the trailer for the book Future Leader. Um, try to stay in my social media or newsletters, then you can get a notification to when it becomes released. Um, so you can get it. We're working very hard um, to get it out in, in no time. But what I also want to echo about this idea of family story and taking authority over child's brand identity. You know, in the Bible, it is an obligation. It is not an admonition. It is not a wish. It is an instruction for every parent to aspire to have at least generational impact. Oh. that you should leave an inheritance for your children's children. And oftentimes when we hear that, we automatically go to the tangible, tangible. that is important. You should, you should be mindful of the bag, get the papers. Those are very important. Important structures, you know, contribute to your uh, trust fund, education fund, um, you know, real estate, crypto, do all of that. All of that is important. But more importantly, I want you to think about what are you going to hand over to your children as a continuum. You know how there's a relay race? Mm-hmm. And every at least pats on the baton to the next person to carry on. What is that baton you're gonna hand over to that next generation? Mm. Uh, so one of the ways you can do that is your family story. Um, very, very few of us have the opportunity for a parent to speak to us about their story or their children or their parent's story. You and I today, can break that script. You and I can start a whole new chapter by documenting your own personal story. So Nika, every podcast that you have, you know, little Nikkes and they're gonna come and listen to them, it's precious, right? Mm. And I think it begins to inform how you live your life because this is a content, content is king. You can provide for the next generation. But I even want to challenge you to elevate it to a book. Let it be a book about your autobiography, um, about your family story. As many as your own parents and grandparents you can cover in that book, go ahead and do it. It's going to be this timeless resource you can give to the next generation. There's a whole new monetization wealth building strategy around that, but even starting from the intangibles, I think that is powerful. You know, I talk about my identity as a social entrepreneur, but look at how I was able to extrapolate that just looking at my parents. Mm-hmm. You, and I think everyone who has in thought leadership, there is a family generational component. People who can trace what they do to multiple generations just show up as more powerful. You know, because you know that they're like, was it Maya Angelo that said, I may show up as an individual, but I'm standing on the shoulders of a ton of people before I show up. But who are those individuals you are standing on your shoulder? If you can have a book that can give you an insight, an elaborate display and documentation about the life that they lived and their struggles and their success, and you can end that to a Next generation, I think that is a business. It's a business. If not for anything, you document that book can be a book. It can be a, it can be a global bestseller book, but let's leave the tangible aspect, the identity component, the confidence, mm-hmm. the purpose it gives the next generation for me is a greater business that every family should have. And you can start to write that script or break that script starting from
1: today powerful um one of my favorite quotes is by peter stroppel and he says legacy is not leaving something for people it's leaving something in people and that's basically what you're saying is that the tangible is important but the intangible in my opinion is the source of the tangible yes right if you if all you left with your children is that affirmation of identity they will soar, they will fly and they will have the capacity to translate that into the tangible um, but quite often, we focus a lot on passing on the intangible, the estate planning, the wealth planning, etc. but not taking enough time to hone in on the intangible. So, so, so important. My last question for you, and it's going back to what you said um, at the start of this recording, and you said, my spirituality is my superpower. Tell me more.
0: Yes, yes, yes. You know, yes, my spirituality is my superpower, Um, is my superpower because is my paradigm, is the way I see the world. I think that spirituality is a superpower in the sense that when you come from a place of this concept of thought leadership, this idea that you have this superior perspective um, that commands global or industry attention the question is where are those perspectives coming from
1: mm. what is
0: the source of those thoughts mm. so when you have breakthrough in science in technology in social sciences what is the source of it do you have a spiritual practice oprah said that whenever she interviews people for a job she often asks them what is your spiritual daily spiritual practice and people say i pray I read mm. the Bible. But I said, but I'm not asking you about that. That how do you live your life that you know you are integ- you are in integrity? And this is my most authentic version of who you are. So for me, that is my spirituality. That's my relationship first with God, and that's my relationship with myself. And that is living a life of integrity. Anytime I show up at that interview, And I cower down and I give them my let my people go answer. That is me stepping outside of who I am. I'm Mm. a Nigerian. We don't carry last. We show up (laughs) up as (laughs) who we are. We don't each where we we don't scratch, where we don't each. We say what we mean. We show up with authority. Anytime I do anything less than that, that is me stepping outside of my spirituality right anytime i'm outside of my core values one of my core values is this borderless impact it is hmm. this borderless perspective anytime i'm too restrictive and i think in silos and i make decision and that that is me stepping outside of my spirituality so is my relationship with god is my relationship with myself and is the way i show up in the world and thought leadership is, I think, spirituality is a superpower because until you can lean into the most authentic, powerful version of yourself, anything that you're competing with, the people in the world that would outdo you in education, in expertise, in travels, in language proficiency, people would always have something that you don't have or more than you have but when you can have an additional layer of your spirituality your most authentic limitless powerful version to the equation you are unstoppable at that particular point and that is what i mean that my spirituality is my superpower is my relationship with myself and is my relationship with god
1: thank thank you (laughs) thank you because oh that resonates um and that's so affirming i needed to hear that at this point in time um too often the spirituality conversation is on the disciplines and the relationship upwards with our heavenly creator and not enough on what you said about relationship with self and that alignment that you know um integrity um saying what you mean, meaning what you say, aligning who Nika is on the inside with who sh- how she shows up in the world, it's super important, particularly as um, international entrepreneurs, um, as um, expatriates, <laughs> as business owners. we There is a tendency to want to shrink back from who we are. Perhaps we're scared of showing the world the fullness of who we are. Perhaps we're scared we are scared of seeing the fullness of who we are, not necessarily even, you know, um, onlookers seeing the fullness of who we are. I think we're scared of going on that journey, potentially disappointing ourselves, um, as we embark on that journey. But honestly, um, this has been super powerful. Like this has been phenomenal. Thank you, Winger. We had a glitch with our first recording, but I'm so glad you came back because this is, has been epic. This has outdone the first one. Thank you so, so much. How can people learn about you, get in touch with you? You mentioned your website and to join the mailing list, which I just did, um, (laughs) because I need that book. Um, How else can people be in touch with you?
0: Um, So I do have a documentary on Amazon Prime. Um, It's called, (laughs) interesting, okay, my documentary, it's called Good to Great Stories, a Small Business Documentary. It mm-hmm. tells the story of seven entrepreneurs in southeast Washington, D.C., taking control of their community's identity by telling their story and using that to create wealth for themselves and wealth for the community. It's a great tool for any business man or woman trying to tell their business story and mm-hmm. use it as a source of marketing, um, brand evangelism, um, use the story to kind of connect with the community and create wealth and opportunities. Um, I also recommend my book, Borderless Voice, uh, The Power of Telling Your Story and mm-hmm. Defining Your Identity. My website, you can find my um, social media pages. Uh, please, please connect. But if there's something I want to leave with you in this mm-hmm. conversation is this idea that um, you have a story the world is waiting for. Mm-hmm. And you not telling that story is you living out of integrity. Um, and your story does not need the validation of the audience for you to tell it. Your story only needs your own permission and your mm-hmm. validation. Your responsibility is to tell it. Um, tell your story. We want to hear that story. And it is not just for you. A lot of people's life. And breakthroughs and success is tied to you showing up in your full authority and telling your story and who you are. And holding that back is not just doing you a service, it's doing a whole lot of people disservice as well. So thank you, Nika. This has been a great conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you for having me on the mm-hmm. podcast.
1: Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. O M G. OMG, as Gwenga was talking, I literally ordered his book, um, The Borderless Voice, and I cannot wait to tuck in because I've been looking for a book for a while. I have like 20 books in my Kindle that I haven't read, but... I was, I've been in a season where I need deep inspiration um, and this seems like it is it, so I can't wait to tuck in. And the subtitle is The Power of Telling Your Story and Defining Your Identity, and that certainly resonates because I strongly believe that we all have ideas. We all have a voice, right? Um, and our ideas are gifts, but we have the sovereignty to decide whether to project our voice, project our ideas or not. And, but that really requires us to be vulnerable and take a risk. And it requires us to have that, what I call the, I belong here phenomenon, safety within that I, my ideas, my mistakes belong in this room. And so I can share my ideas. I can project my voice. And It really moves us from being spectators to being contributors, to being leaders, to being pioneers, to being visionaries. But we must hone the skill of taking that risk (laughs) and sharing our ideas. And the beauty of it is when we share our ideas, we can then start to co-create our ideas with other people, building upon them. We I think this is so important because when we look at society in general, I think it's only embodying a very small subset of people because people are silencing themselves as well as they're being silenced, right? But like I said, our ideas are gifts and our voices are powerful. They are tools for change. And I believe that we will see the greatest contribution, the greatest ideas, true diversity of thought when we all project our voices not just individually but collectively as we share and discover ideas together. So I'm really excited about The Borderless Voice and I can't wait to read it. I cannot wait to read it. Thank you for tuning in. Um, If this blessed you, um, please share. Share with a friend that you know that this will be powerful for and also leave a review on Spotify or iTunes or Google Play, wherever it is that you, you listen to the Connected Generation. It helps with the algorithm so that we can be discovered more easily and more listeners can be touched and be impacted by all the amazing, amazing content that our guests have come with. So thank you so much. Take good care and God bless you.
0: Thank you for tuning into the Elevated Conversations podcast. And just a reminder, conversations create miracles and you are only one conversation away from your next breakthrough. I will talk to you next time. Bye.